Love Madden, the podcast, is now the self-love podcast with Madden Nichette Jones and Tennille Daniels. Consider this show a guide on your personal self-love journey, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Join us each week for a dose of good, healing girl talk at the intersection of spirituality and science. Make yourself comfortable and pull up a seat. There's always room at our table. Welcome in. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good. Back at it. Um, We've done a great job. We're down to the last three episodes, I think, of the season. Wow. Go us. Go us. What a time. What a time. What a time. We say this all the time. Like, we're so proud of us for being um, consistent. But I am telling y'all, it is more than a notion to put a podcast out, to be consistent, to write the notes, to post it, to show up, to record. It's just a lot. So I'm proud True. of us. Mine has been on a little break, so. I understand, especially so. in the midst of everything we go have going on. Like me launching Love Goods, that is a whole beast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to keep the Love Madden, just the heartbeat afloat. So yeah. in this season, I think after holiday, when retail slows down just a touch, um, mm-hmm. I'm going to really dig back into my writing and stuff mm-hmm. um, and putting together, like we said on the last episode, the fast and journaling prompts and yeah. other things. But um, we're here. So we are. go us. All right. Time to Love it or leave leave it. it. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. So my love it for today is the series finale of Queen Sugar. Did Mm. you watch? I watched season one and maybe two. I didn't get far. How far did it go? Four or five seasons? Seven. Oh Lord. Yeah. No, I'm nowhere. Don't even. Don't even start. But for my Queen Sugar watchers um y'all the last 15 to 20 minutes of the finale took me all the way out i mean so uh you know they followed the journey of a family who um owned a piece of land or a farm and uh this was based in a parish outside of new orleans um and they really the finale was so good at wrapping up each person's story Mm. and as they did that in the last 15 to 20 minutes of the show they probably didn't play this song for 15 minutes but Mm -hmm. at least the last five to seven minutes they played the storm is over now by kurt franklin and you was crying dog the storm is over now i was bawling okay bawling because it felt like the internal and external struggles that each character had experienced over the course of the seven seasons that there was redemption, there were dreams fulfilled that felt deferred. There was like a release of living in um, the shadow of other people's expectations to experience mm. the freedom of your own. Like I was boohooing, um, and so yeah, I'm like still in a very tender place in my life. So I felt like that between that episode and that song. It just took me to a tender place and injected me with like the hope that the, this storm will pass and there is there are sunny days on the other side. So wow, Queen Sugar finale, go Ava Duvernay. Yes, all right, I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, yeah, that's a lot of TV ahead of me. Seven seasons, Lord. Yeah, you're I'm like- a <laughs> good but you you have time there's no rush i mean it, i think it's very timely so 
you could take a year and it'll be fine. Nice. Yeah. And it won't take me that long the way I watch TV. But all right. What's yours? I have another Love It. Mm -hmm. It's another Amazon find. So for those of you who are prime like me, I I had an Amazon shop, um, like the little Mm -hmm. influencer shop where I could get like a few pennies off every time y'all bought something. It was too much to maintain. So y'all don't have Mm -hmm. to give me no credit. I'm just going to tell y'all all all this stuff and (laughs) have at it. it. Exactly. One thing I'm not trying to be as an influencer, it's just like, and more power to those of you that Mm -hmm. are, it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Lord have mercy for just Mm -hmm. a little bit of, um, I mean, unless you really, really make it for just a little bit of turnaround. So it's called um, Keratin 3-Day Growth by Nail Aid. And I'll put it in the show notes, but um, acrylic has been back uh, last several years. It was huge in the 90s. Then we weren't doing acrylic. And I feel like acrylic made a big comeback like James Brown. And I was part of the um, I was part of the, the crew of, of keeping my acrylic up. Um, until I wasn't, you know, now I'm packing boxes and doing all this stuff in the retail space and, um, they were starting to lift and pull. And so I went back to the gel and then the gel was so damaging. So after all of that, my nails are like literally paper thin Mm. to the point that when I wash my hands with hot water, like it burns, like it feels like, yes, that's how thin they are. That's how damaged they are. Um, and so I took everything off. I got a regular, regular regular manicure like I didn't even get polished I was like just buff it out cut cut it down and buff it out and the lady was like I can't even like cut it like it's so they're so like thin and damaged so I did some research and I found this product um and uh, my uh, a nail um, technician before had told me about um a similar product but this Mm -hmm. one had great reviews so um I tried to use it and within just a few days I've just felt that it's stronger Mm -hmm. it feels more protected so I'll let you guys know about the growth but Mm -hmm. um even in just this week of using it it's got shine it's got strength they're not like bending like they were. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love it. It's by Nail Aid Keratin 3-Day Growth, and it's not expensive at all. It's like under Mm -hmm. 10 bucks. So if you're giving yourself a breather um, from acrylic and gel or or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, I would say you can just apply this at home and it will definitely provide you know, some help to your nails. And I also, I do take my vitamins and my biotin. Mm -hmm. So we know it's inside and outside, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's what I'm loving. I also have a leave it. It's something less tangible, but this is for all of my friends who are um, online dating. I hate it for y'all. Hinge, Bumble, all the things. I know that there are some people who have had success, but as I talk to my cousins, my sisters, my close girlfriends, and they're just sharing their experiences, I'm like, gosh, I just want to, I just want to leave it for y'all. Yeah, I just want God to leave the man on my doorstep. That's what I want God to leave. Leave him on my doorstep. It's just so many stories of, and I guess, you know, they say you got to kiss the frogs or whatever, but I'm like, who is this working for? I know that there are maybe a a few, I think I might know two success stories, but um, I don't know. More power to you guys. But I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I hate it here. And then I said, you know what? I rarely ever have a leave it. So I'm going to vent about that on the on the show. Um, so for those of you guys who are in the online dating space, if you have any wins, I would love to hear them because I think that would be encouraging for those who are swiping through to know that there's um, that there's a point of it all. 
Yeah, our one of our girlfriends was talking about like the questions that she asks or has had to ask the men, and oh, yeah. she said she has to ask them um, whether or not they cross dress. And at that point, I said because I had, I had told Maddie a few weeks ago that I had been thinking about jumping back into the online dating space, and I said now. If I got to, I mean, I know everybody has different lifestyles, but it's just getting to be a lot. It's getting to be a lot. It's getting to be a lot. And honestly, the a million dollar idea or a billion, a unicorn idea, as they say, if I could, if I could figure out a way to become hitch, and I've said this before, mm. gosh, like if there was something other than the online dating that we can use, like some kind of a mixer situation or a social situation that we could create in multiple cities, like it would win. I just, I just don't know how. I think this exists. Um, there is a new, uh, it's probably been around a year. It's a company called Carpe Carpe Dating or something. I'll mm-hmm. send you the um the handle so you can link it. But the, supposedly it's like a black matchmaking agency. I don't know if they mm-hmm. they primarily cater to black professionals. It's like India Matchmaker. Yes, and so now they just I saw they some just Monty. <laughs> I don't want. I don't watch that. Oh my goodness. Um, they just started like this Greek division of the thing where you can like if you want to date a greek oh here like, we go i'm like mm. anyway so, uh, <laughs> but i think when they first before they like really launched they had like these pre-things and mm-hmm. i signed up but i never got any other additional information check your spam it might have been like me and shalice's uh brunch promo no that was in the regular <laughs> inbox i just oh you, you know, oh you were I busy was working i was working yeah, check, check search your inbox maybe it's in there Nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'll look back into it. But when I've seen some of the mixers, it also looks like it might be more for the younger audience, which I'm not opposed to a young Tinderoni, but... I mean, yeah, there's, there's pluses and minuses to everything, I suppose. True. Um, All right. Oh. Even, like, these dating shows. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, what's the black people one with Nephew Tommy? Oh, ready to love. Ready to love. Yeah, they put the young people and the old people all in the same pot. And it's just like, I don't know. If somebody could figure that out, how to bring that back, like in person and opportunities Mm -hmm. for people to engage and have these social events and really get something popping, and that could be a win. Yeah. Specifically for black people, because that's another thing. We're already a subset within the majority culture. Um, And not to say people don't, you know, date outside of their race or their culture, but there is a familiarity with being within your own culture that I think if we could just capture that, that would be love. Yeah. So if y'all have any recommendations for events, your girl is trying to be a little bit outside. I live, you know, far now, so I can't be in the city all the time, but let me know. I'm trying to be out here in these streets a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Tiptoeing. So (laughs) anyway, that's what I'm liking, loving, and leaving. Leaving. All right. With with that, let's set the table. All right, y'all. We are on the letter K in our 26-part series, A through Z, of a weekly word. And the word of the week is kindness. As always, you can go to lovemadden.com to read about this at length, but here is what I had to say about it on the blog. Kindness makes use of our time 
energy, and gifts for the betterment of our own lives and the lives of others. It's built upon thoughtfulness, generosity, and consideration. But unlike merely being nice, one cannot truly be kind without a conviction to care that comes from within. Kindness challenges us to do what's right, even when it's uncomfortable. And I have a couple of thoughts. I have three thoughts on kindness, so I'll share them here. Number one, Kindness is deeper. While they are sometimes used interchangeably, niceness and kindness are distinctly unique. Being nice is being polite and treating others well. Think of a store clerk or a customer service representative. It's often pleasant, light, and easy. Showing up in kindness, on the other hand, can sometimes be a source of tension. True kindness will call us to honor God in the face of opposition to prioritize our self-care, or to stand up for others even when it's unpopular. Kindness requires a steadfast commitment for truth and love. Which brings me to number two. Kindness is rooted in love. Kindness is not just a random act as it's often described in today's culture. The Bible teaches that kindness is a practice, a way of life that's built upon virtues like compassion and forgiveness. Compassion, the concern for one's sufferings and misfortunes, comes from the Latin root word that means to suffer with. While forgiveness, the act or process of no longer feeling resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake, comes from the root words um, to and give. The sacrificial nature of these attributes tells us that kindness takes efforts and is the fruit of our labor. And that transitions me to my third point, which is kindness is fruit. In God's unmerited kindness towards us, we have been gifted with his Holy Spirit, enabling us to bear fruit. Galatians 5.22 describes the fruit of the Spirit as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These fruits are the byproducts of our commitments to our convictions. This tells us kindness demonstrates the result of a divine change that is at work within our hearts and should be evident in our lives. And that's what I had to say about kindness. All right, now let's dig Dig in. in. Yummy. All right, so Maddie, what Mm -hmm. does kindness mean and what does it look like to you? Yeah, so I think I just described what it means. It's different than being nice, right? Like when I talk about a store clerk, they can say, have a great rest of your day, Mm -hmm. happy holidays, and there's really no meaning behind it. It's, you know, it's fluff, it's customer service, it's whatever. Um, I mean, it's fine. It's nice. You know, it's nice. Kindness is deeper. Um, kindness, it takes sacrifice. It's a level of sacrifice. So when we talk about compassion, that means to suffer with. When we talk about forgiveness, that means to give to. Um, those are things that take a level of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we sometimes use niceness and kindness interchangeably. And that's, you know, it's not, it's more, it's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what it looks like, just think about how we treat ourselves. Like, you know, are we kind to ourselves? Do we speak life into ourselves? Do we make time for ourselves? Do we prioritize ourselves? I think that's what it looks like sort of in the personal realm. And then how it shows up with how we treat others is I think there's, like I said, kindness is deeper. It's a level of care. And that's part of the definition um, 
for other people. It's more than just, you know, pleasantries or gestures. And I think sometimes when we use language like random acts of kindness, it kind of waters it down. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think kindness takes a level of commitment to others um, where you are pouring into encouraging, practicing empathy, which we talked about a few episodes ago. Um, and, and I think it's more of a walk. I think it's something that we have to do alongside people. It takes compassion. It takes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it takes generosity. It takes Mm -hmm. giving in order to be able to show up with kindness. And it takes a change in, in our lives and our convictions. Like I said, it's fruit. Mm -hmm. It's a byproduct of us, you know, walking along a more righteous path, that kindness will then be something that shows up in sort of how we live. It's not just something that you can kind of throw a smile on top, but you're still nasty on the inside. That's not it. It's not nice, nasty, or kind, nasty. Yeah. Yeah, no, I um, agree with that. I don't really have um, too much more to add um, outside of, I totally agree with it starts from... um, the inside out. So you have to treat yourself with, uh, you have to care for yourself. Cause I don't want to use the word to define the word, but you have to really care for yourself so that you are clear on your capacity and ability to care for others. And I'll just, you know, I think we all have the ability to display and and show kindness. But I, I do think that there are people, there's like levels to it, right? So I think there's people who just have a heart, like a true heart for, mm-hmm. you know, being kind and demonstrating that kindness. And then there are some people who are in the middle, you know, I, I probably think I'm like in the middle, right? Yeah, me too. And then, um, you know, there are people who just aren't at all, right, that really need to work on it. But there's a spectrum of it. And I think as long as you um, kind of know where you stand and, and what you can offer people and you're doing that, you're being obedient to, like, um, the calling or things that God puts on your heart in the area of being kind to others, then I think you have done what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I think that's a great point that you make. And I mentioned that, you know, in the, in the fruit piece in, in Galatians 5, like when we draw near to the Holy Spirit, then I think that those that practice of kindness, that practice of patience, those things will come a little bit more naturally to us. I don't think it's ingrained in in anybody's like true nature. Um, I mean, yeah, some people, of course, but I think a lot of those things are gifts and they're fruits, um, Mm -hmm. that are the result of our labor. They're the result of our work. They're the result of our practice, you know? So I think that's something to kind of keep in mind if, if you, if it's, if it doesn't come easy, I think rather than working on trying to be more kind, I think it, it might benefit us to work on, um, trying to be more connected to God and trying to be more mm-hmm. self-aware um, and starting first with God, then with self, before we can get to the kindness toward others' peace. Um, otherwise, the underlying issue is still there. The underlying trauma is unresolved. The underlying connection to God um, is not where it needs to be, but then we're just trying to slap kindness on top of it. And that's why you got church ushers who are mean and nasty, you know, because they are they are trying to work on kindness, but there's so mm-hmm. so many unresolved things. Um, and sometimes the people that you find in the church, they're not even connected to God, but they're going through the motions and doing the steps. And it's like, okay, you're not really coming across kind at all. And mm-hmm. so I think not just for the people that they interact with, but even for themselves, 
it's important for us to do the work for us first before we try to serve and be the hands and feet and do all these mm-hmm. other things that we're taught to do. Like, um, it's hard to be in a space where you're miserable, but you're trying to show up for other people, mm-hmm. not just for the other person, but more importantly for yourself. For yourself. So yeah. I think that connection to God, plugging into the Holy Spirit, getting into that practice is the most important thing. Um, and then the kindness and the other fruits, I think, will become a byproduct of that work that yeah. we're doing with God and ourselves. Do the work. Yes. All right. What role has kindness played in your personal journey to healing? Learning to be kind to myself. You know, I just spent all that time talking about that because I had it all backward. You know, my mm-hmm. focus was on showing up and people pleasing and, you know, being affirmed by my actions and how I showed up to others, but not necessarily showing that love to myself in a way that was real and deep. You know, it might be sort of this, maybe like um, almost like a false confidence, like, oh, I can do it and this, that, and the third. But when it's just you and you, or when it's just you and God, what are you really saying to yourself and believing about yourself? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I would even say the things to myself, but not necessarily believe them. So treating myself with gentleness, being Mm -hmm. patient with myself, showing myself grace, all of those things have been so important on my healing journey, understanding that healing is not a destination. Healing is the journey, right? So understanding that and giving myself grace and space in that space has helped me to be kinder to myself about um, who I am and how I was created and what my purpose is and how I look and my body and my mind and all of the different pieces, just being gentle and showing myself kindness in a holistic way has been so key to my journey and has started to give me enough overflow Mm. so that I can show up in that way to others um, in an authentic and genuine way. Yeah, that is, um, that's really, really good. So I I definitely agree that it starts from within. And what I want to say about how kindness has helped my personal journey to healing is that people showing up and offering kindness has been critical in helping me to heal. So of course, Mm -hmm. yes, we say it starts from within Mm -hmm. before you can give it out. But sometimes, you know, people need gentleness, compassion, patience, Mm -hmm. grace, all of the things that Maddie just said that she was, you know, had to give to herself. People, other people have to give that to you sometimes in your journey to healing so that you can um, have the space to do the work that is necessary to continue the journey. Yeah. Um, so that's how it's played into my journey. People have just showed up for me um, and have offered me those things, um, those characteristics when, you know, it, it was hard for me to give those things to myself. Yeah, that's that's true. I often say here that motherhood is a mirror. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned, you know, with my daughter is she's very kind. She's a very kind-hearted mm-hmm. little girl. Um but sometimes I'll say something to her or even look at her in a certain way mm-hmm. and she'll say, "Mommy, that's not kindness. You're not speaking to me with kindness," you know. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like, "Well, you're not doing <laughs> What I I told you to do, but, um, it's been a mirror that sometimes 
um, when we are impatient or, you know, other things are going on or we're tired, we don't necessarily show up with, with kindness for those who are closest to us, including Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that just speaks to your point of how important it is and how reciprocal it is, um, to, you know, pour into others so that they can be kinder to themselves and also to be kind to yourself so that you can then pour into others, right? The relationship, it's it's cyclical. And I think that when we find ourselves not showing up in kindness to others, we should stop um, and see what it is that we need to do, right? Like, okay, yeah, why am I snapping? Whatever. Or when we find ourselves filled up, think about who can we share that overflow of kindness Mm. with? Who in my circle, who that I'm connected to um, needs gentleness, You know, which one of my girlfriends has not been gentle with herself, has not given herself grace? Who that I, that I love and that I'm close to is beating themselves up right now. Who do I have enough to spread this kindness onto? Kindness, especially in this season, is not just about picking a name off the angel tree and giving a gift or donating a coat to the winter drive or whatever. It's about how we treat not just the people that we walk in past, but how we treat the people that we interact with the most. Most, yeah. 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 And I think it's easy to take those people, the mm-hmm. people that we interact with, you know, daily for or granted. whatever, for granted, right? We do spend, especially in this in the holiday season, it's more, what can I do to serve my, you know, community or those who are less fortunate or whatever. But yeah, it, it's really important that we nurture the people who nurture and, and, and have some direct impact on the soil that we um, inhabit kind of every day. Yeah. And when we talk um, a lot, you know, in the Love Matter framework, love God, self, and others, how are we showing kindness to God? Mm. How are we honoring God? You know, are we doing something as simple as saying thank you? We talk about kindness is, is patience. Are we patient with God? Mm. Um, we talk about, you know, kindness is compassion. Do we show compassion? You know, do we honor, do we show respect? Do we show love? Do we show faithfulness, self-control, generosity, joy? Do we show those things to our creator? Um, Mm. or do we feel like he could just take it? You know, we constantly talk about being mad at God and this is not happening on my timeline and asking for stuff and do this for me and do that for me. Um, but you know, it's God self others. So we said before you can sow into others, you got to work on kindness to yourself. But your right. first and most important relationship is with that, uh, you know, with your creator. So how can we practice kindness to God? Because um, he loves us unconditionally. God loves us unconditionally. But do yeah. we always reciprocate that in the best way? Um, or are mm-hmm. we so focused on what uh, we need mm-hmm. that we're that we're not able to do that in probably the way that that is deserved? Yeah, no, that's good. All right. Do you have any um, advice or Mm -hmm. key takeaways for someone who is um, trying to be more kind to themselves and or others? Um, One of the key tenets of kindness, I think we talk a lot about compassion, but one of the the other key tenet is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So I think that we're not all starting with a clean slate. So if you want to show up as kind to someone starting with yourself, it's important to first forgive yourself, Mm. forgive yourself. And if you want to show up as kind to those around you, forgive them. Think about any indiscretions, things that you might be harboring, things that you um, maybe could let go of and whether they apologize or not, first forgive Mm -hmm. that those things can't occupy the same space. We can't show up in kindness if we're still holding something in. So 
um, I would say clear the slate first, practice forgiveness, and then practice compassion. It's hard to be compassionate towards someone, self-included, if you don't first forgive and release. Yeah. And I was looking for a place to park this thought that I had the other day. And I think this is a good place. So um, I have Gmail and I was getting up to like 97% of my storage. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have got to go through here and clean up some space because I refuse to pay for more storage. And um, so I started clearing out, you know, things that had a whole bunch of attachments and, and stuff like that. But what I realized is over the course of the days of our lives, there are little things that keep flooding mm. our own internal inbox. That's good. That they just stay there, right? So I probably had 50,000 emails in promotion, mm. Mm. right? That I'm not going back to look at things from two years ago about, you know, something that the promo public <laughs> sent me, right? <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. But that stuff was taking up space, mm. right? So it, it, it just prompted me to say, in my own personal life, what are those little things, those um, areas where I'm still holding on to mm. something that I'm not even consciously aware of? Like, I don't, I don't, didn't even really know what the emails were that were in promotions, right? They're just there. And there were just so many messages. And it was so many, right? Was taking up space. And so sometimes you have to do like a hard delete, which is what I did. I said, I am just clicking select all. I don't even care. I mean, mm -hmm. if I lose something that I probably needed, it's just a casualty of war. Mm -hmm. But you have to let go and you have to release in order to have the space That's to good be to kind. Know. That's good. And you know, I'm going to take the analogy a step further because we love an analogy. The quickest way to clear your inbox is, you know, one way is that this quantity of messages, right? But also another quick way to clear your inbox is just to find the ones with the attachments, Mm. and delete those because yeah. those take up the most space. That was the starting point, yeah. Yeah, so if you think about your attachments, not just mm. the number of inputs, but are there attachments that you need to release? Are there attachments that you need to let go of? An attachment could be to a person. It could be a relationship. Um, it could be to a habit. It could be to a toxic trait. It could be to uh, a, trauma. a trauma. It could be to an mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. Before you go and try to just you know clear out everything, I want you to first think about your attachments and let go of those first because those are mm -hmm. taking up the most space. That's it. And then go back through <laughs> and clear out all the little messages. But that was a good mm -hmm. word right there. Yeah, I had to, and you know, and some attachments carry more weight than others. So mm -hmm. I started with, you know, any attachment over five megabytes. Mm -hmm. And then I cleared those. Mm -hmm. I, I, I did some reflecting work. I had to go through each of those messages and to review. See, That's and it. review them. And then I still had a lot to go. So I was like, okay, let me look at anything over three megabytes. Mm. Like, it's a it's a process. It's a process. Right. And and some things tug on us either consciously or subconsciously more than others. And, and we do have to be diligent about doing that work to, to figure out what needs to be let go. You preach that. That's good. Thank you. I was look. I was like, Lord, I have to find somewhere to deposit this. And I was like, I'm not going to go live like on Instagram, but I was like, I just need an opportunity. <laughs> that was right there. He presented it. That's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Forgiveness and release are the first steps of kindness. 
Yeah. Mm. We could end it right there, but we won't. No, we won't. (laughs) All right. But we will move on to the next question, which is, if there is one way that you can apply kindness to your life in the very near future, how would you do that? Or what is your plan? Yeah, mine is to kind of take an inventory for some things that I've experienced over the last year or two or three and figure out where it is that I can um, forgive myself. You know, what are the things that I could forgive myself for and release? Um, and I think that as a result, I'll naturally find, you know, myself operating in a more authentic and genuine place of kindness. I think that I try to show myself grace on like a daily basis, but there are, like we said, some of those attachments, things that are that, that have just happened over the last few years that have been tough that I still haven't released mm-hmm. or that I blame myself for or that I carry guilt or shame around. Um, And I think just having an honest conversation with myself and um, releasing those will probably be the biggest act of kindness that I can give myself right now. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, Yeah, for me, I would say I'm just going to be more kind to myself. So um, as part of the the brunch that Maddie and Shalise put on a couple weeks ago, um, one of the questions they asked was to name one or two things that you love about yourself. And I think I was like the second person to go. Mm -hmm. And I went to things that were outwardly, that I loved outwardly about myself Mm -hmm. because I find it so easy to be like, oh, I'm, you know, caring and compassionate or Mm -hmm. I'm this or I'm that. But where I struggle is being kind to myself about my external... um, Attributes. Attributes, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So just because that's an area that I struggle with, I think I just want to be more kind to myself about my body, Mm -hmm. my appearance, you know, all of the things that we can get so caught up in and like being a a hyper critical of ourselves on. I just want to love on myself a little bit more in those areas. And I think that you know, we, we talk about grace and all of like these, like, again, internal or what's, what's not, it's not really internal, but non, I don't know. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Mm. Anyway, um, these characteristics that we, you know, need for ourselves, but also want to give to others. But I think sometimes we also need to focus on some of like the external attributes that mm-hmm. we have and, and we love about ourselves as well. Because when I listened to the most, a good chunk of the women, everything was like internal. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I didn't know if that was like conscious because you didn't want to sound like conceited mm-hmm. or if that was like rooted, if there was something mm-hmm. a little bit deeper mm-hmm. than, yeah. than that. Some of it could be how we're, how we're trained. You know, Mm -hmm. and then it shows up in our hard wiring and some of it could be the season we're in. But like you said, it could just be society and just sort of Mm -hmm. how we're how we're trained. And it's so easy to be triggered in those areas, too. Like Mm -hmm. when we were at the brunch, I mentioned um, something that I'm grateful for is my body. Mm-hmm. I'm hard on my body, but my body has sustained a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot. And I'm mm-hmm. grateful for her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sags and the bags and the marks are all a result of all of the things that she's brought me through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I shared that. And that's an area that I, you know, am continuing to work through and appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just a couple of days ago, somebody made a comment to me about mm-hmm. needing to go on a diet. About wait, you going on a diet? Yeah, about me needing to go on a diet, and um, 
I was like, wow, you know, just as I was saying that these are the things that I'm grateful for and I appreciate about myself, somebody can make a comment and it just sort of like unravel how you feel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's easy to say, well, that person was wrong and, you know, that person shouldn't have said that. Um, And it's it's not somebody I'm terribly close to, but which kind of makes it worse, but (laughs) you expect that kind of stuff from your mom or somebody. Um, So it's not somebody that I'm terribly close to, which, which makes it worse. Cause then that made me feel like, do I look, you know, do I look bad? Mm -hmm. If I gained a lot of weight, somebody hasn't seen me in a while, whatever. And then I had to take myself out of that sort of spiral of thoughts to Mm -hmm. say, this is the body that I'm in right now today. Even if I do go on a diet, that's a goal. That's a future. Right now in this moment, I'm still grateful for my body and the extra pounds. And I couldn't project my irritation onto the person because they're entitled to do or say whatever, you know, and I can't really control that, that. but it's how I internalize it. I was like, am I going to hold on to this? And am I going to be ruminating with this, the opinion of someone else for the rest of the day or the rest of the week? Or, you know, am I not going to enjoy whatever I was about to eat because this person's I'm giving this person so much real estate in my mind, or am I going to take a handle back on um, what it is that I stated at that brunch the other day, that I'm grateful for this season that that I am in? And I think the more that we can treat ourselves with kindness, it becomes a shield to protect us from some of the intentional yeah, and unintentional comments, thoughts, projections of other people. Mm -hmm. I think the more that we can speak life and kindness into ourselves, the more that we can forgive ourselves, the more that we can disassociate ourselves from guilt and shame, um, the easier it is for us to brush off um, some of the, the external things that'll that'll come at us. So it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Keep going. It's not just a matter yeah. of saying, oh, I'm kind to myself and I love, you know, I love who I am uh, because then something that'll come back and make you have to rethink it all over again, mm-hmm. you know? So yes, yeah. child, people be saying anything. Yeah, that's crazy. And when you said it, I was like, okay, maybe it was somebody who was like, you know, close to her, like in her family or something like that. Yeah. Ooh, all right. Well, Lesson learned, people. Watch what you keep watch your, your mouth. Keep, watch your oh, mouth. Keep your little comments to yourself. It doesn't. I know people talk about being well intentioned, but it just doesn't help. Yeah. You know, if people have gained weight, guess what? They know. They've they got a mirror. Know. We know. And they got pants. They got and jeans. They got, <laughs> don't buckle. So you're not bringing anything to light that the person's not already aware of. Okay. Okay. Anything else on kindness before we go to the throne? I'm good. All right. Organs, please. (laughs) And now it's time for our closing prayer. Here's the passage. It comes out of Ephesians 4 and 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Remember that. You've been forgiven. So before you fall your mess, so before you decide who you are and are not going to forgive, just remember the forgiveness and the grace and the kindness that's already been extended to you. Here's our prayer. God, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the fruits of the Spirit that we bear as a byproduct of our good works. Thank you for your unmerited and unconditional kindness toward me and for creating me in your image. Help me to be more like you. Help me to be kind, compassionate, and forgiving toward myself 
and others. Allow me to practice true and genuine kindness daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our practice is this. This week, I will show myself kindness by forgiving myself for something that I have been self-critical of. Mm. I will commit to extending that kindness to others through authentic compassion. I love that for us. Love it for us. All right. Go out and be kind. First, no, stay in and be kind and then go out and be kind. That's it. Start with self. Start with self. Till next time. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast with Matt and Nichette Jones and Tennille Daniels. Like what you've heard? Show us some love and follow or subscribe. Then leave a five-star rating and review. For more resources, including show notes, and to keep the conversation going, head over to lovemadden.com and at lovemadden on social. L-O-V-E-M-A-A-D-E-N.